Hi everyone, welcome to Dar's Conversations. This is a series in which we uh, talk to bot creators from around the Dar's community uh, about how they are using chatbots to enhance their digital marketing operations and generally just talk about their experience uh, working in digital marketing. Uh, in today's session, we have with us uh, Desi, all the way from South Africa. Desi, why don't you give um, our listeners a, uh, an idea of who you are? Hi, thank you very much. Hi, it's um, Desi Munsami, all the way from Johannesburg in South Africa. Uh, I am an avid, avid bot creator. I love, love the task platform. Good to so, hear. <laughs> yeah. So, a little bit about myself. So, uh, my previous uh, work experience, I used to work for a major telecoms uh, company in South Africa. I used to handle... Uh, the digital for, uh, for this company, and that would include the marketing, uh, the acquiring of leads, and going as far as managing the uh, call center. So uh, my my interest in this started coming in, I think as early as, if you guys remember the Microsoft days when you had the paper clip that used to sit at the bottom left right hand oh, yeah. side. Yeah, so, in fact, so we, we, created a, we created a joke bot that tries to mimic Clippy. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day. Yeah, so, that, so, that, so my, my interest was sparked at that point, and then that is why I went into uh, uh, the digital aspect or, or digital understanding of, of companies. And uh, yeah, to be honest, I did see a gap based on my experience, and I decided to leave that corporate and explore uh, that gap in the South African market. Got it. And that has been, I think, the best decision of my life so far. Awesome. So you've gone from like working at the massive, um, the massive multinational corporate company, enterprise level company, um, to striking out on your own and starting your own digital marketing agency. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so the company was multinational and it became international. Okay. Uh, so, I mean, you would understand from that aspect with South Africa being the type of market it is, right. Um, right. all the eyes were on this major cash cow and mm -hmm. everybody focused on digital. Right. So, um, so, yeah, this is quite interesting because you had to deliver no matter what the consequences and no matter what the circumstances are or right. And uh, you basically learn to build this awesome way of saying things that's politically correct, but never, never correct. Right. So you would say you're going to build this awesome platform and uh, you show these guys the platform and then all of a sudden, when it comes time to actually deliver the results, you're unable to deliver. Right. So... Uh, in terms of that, the, the learnings that 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 I uh, basically were able to take away from from this this corporate uh, was what I implemented in uh, the company that I'm running now. So my company is called DRTM Consulting, and it's a digital marketing agency in South Africa. And the services we offer uh, is predominantly within the digital space, but it spans out into all aspects of marketing. So. Uh, if I come up to you and you're a customer, I'll say to you that DRTM Consulting is a 360-degree marketing agency. So above the line, through the line, and below the line, tapped off uh, activity. Got it. Yeah, so so uh, how I actually got um, into the chatbot space is I wanted to introduce this type of technology into the company that I worked with. Right. And... Uh, I mean, you would imagine being a, a massive corporate to actually get things done became challenging. I mean, lots of, of red tape that you had to go through. And then when it comes time to actually build and dev, the time to actually put this through, you've got completely new technologies coming into the space and taking over what you started, the process like eight, nine, ten months ago. Right. So, yeah, and then if you look at the, the local market, I mean, if I give you some stats, uh, in South Africa, you're looking at about 1.3 million registered businesses. 
right? And this is across all different industries. Right. What if I told you uh, it's only about 1,500 to 2,000 companies that are active on social media? So, wow, so that's, what if, a, that's an extremely tiny fraction, which is... Absolutely. So, so if you look at, I mean, I mean, our, our geography uh, is kind of unique because uh, in an affluent area like, uh, the place is called Santon, in an affluent area like Santon, you're going to get a house which is valued at, say, 15 million rand, which is a uh, million dollars, as an example. And then, like, four streets away, you're going to get what we call shacks which is basically a tin sort of structure with a roof over your head, uh, no running water, poor uh, uh, sewage systems, and that, which is, like I said, three, four streets away from this 15 million rand house. And what makes it so interesting is that these two type of customers want very similar things. So right. data right. is becoming the thing at the moment. Right. And these guys are on their phones, I would say an average about four to five hours a day. Wow. So okay. it so makes is high then in South Africa? Most people Absol are generally absolutely. using... Okay, gotcha. So it just makes sense to transition into the mobile, well, let's just say into the communication space, but in the chat platform type of space. Got it. So, so as I understand it, there is well, essentially the space that you're filling is there are 1.5 million businesses in South Africa, of which a very tiny fraction of them are actually interacting with their customers online. Uh, That's it. But the customer base itself, uh, even though it is very varied in terms of uh, in terms of uh, socioeconomic factors, yeah, is, yeah. is universally engaged online. So what you're doing is sort of bridging the gap between the supply that exists online and, uh, or sorry, the supply that, that is currently offline and should be online and the demand that exists online. Correct, correct. And, but, and I must say, to be honest, from, from uh, July last year, when we started putting a lot of effort uh, into the task platform, yeah. that has made a major difference in our business. Okay, so, so in what way may I ask? So, so the, the first part there is uh, it's platform agnostic, meaning that I can take that link and I can plant it across any form of communication. Right. Right. Yeah. And the second part of that is it's, it's engagement quality. So by that, I mean that if I go on to the bot and I'm going to give you an example, uh, it's a medical aid company. It's one of the big, biggest, well, in fact, it is the biggest medical aid company in South Africa. Uh, they're using, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's IBM Watson. And, gotcha. and I'm saying gotcha. that uh, not to be taken out by them. Uh, the quality between the two, you cannot compare. Right. So, right. I mean, I'm, when I'm saying ours, I'm referring to TARS, right? right? So, our platform is just streaks streaks ahead of what right. this does so the functionality in terms of of performing a function where it's retrieving information where it's pushing out information exactly the same but the engagement quality where you're going to create an emotion with a customer you're going to get the customer to complete filling out a form you're going to get the customer to commit to a call you're going to get a customer to commit to signing up a new deal right. on the task platform right. you're getting that capability purely because of how it can be engaged. Right. Um, this is definitely an issue we, uh, we hear about a lot from our, from our other customers as well. Uh, what, what we've noticed is in the chatbot space, there are two types of chatbots. Um, mm -hmm. There's like the AI based chatbots where like, you know, you land on the chatbot, there's an open text field. It says, how can I yeah, help yeah. you? And the user can type out whatever they want. Um, yeah, yeah. And those chatbots, like I'm sure they are the future and they, like inevit inevitably the AI will be good enough to respond to any of those mm -hmm. queries. Uh, but what ends up happening is that even a, soft even, even a software as advanced as IBM Watson today just doesn't have the power to respond to any query that the user puts into that box. Um, 
Absolutely. We're inevitably going to hit exceptions and that's going to result in the bot responding with something like, I'm sorry, I didn't understand what you were saying and that's going to cause frustration. Uh, versus the other, the other alternative, which is what we do at TARS um, and what a couple of other companies do um, for people who are listening who live in the US, uh, Lemonade, the insurance company, for example, yes. uh, uses yes, this yes. philosophy as well, uh, where you have sort of a guided on the rails experience where you give custom UIs uh, to the user, like maybe but quick reply buttons or a calendar UI to uh, structure their response so that the the realm of responses that is coming into the chatbot uh, is very finite. Uh, and as a Absolutely. result, the chatbot knows exactly how to respond to every possible response that the user gives. Correct. So, so I mean, if you, if you look at South Africa, I mean, South Africa has got 11 official languages. Right. Right. So imagine the, 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 the developer or the programmer sitting behind the Watson bot doing it for a, an insurance company like Discovery. Right. So the words or the letters H-I means hi in right. English. In Afrikaans, it possibly means the same thing. In Zulu, which is another official language, may mean something totally different. Right. So right. the intelligence between that, that, that AI needs to be so well refined Right. That is able to to give the customer the experience that they're supposed to have, right? And and I, and I think for me that's the challenge with the NLP uh, part of it. So so if you're having open-ended uh, text fields, you just open yourself up to creating a bot that's going to provide bad customer experience, right? And 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 the moment you create bad customer experience, you've lost the customer, right? Could you give us a sense, actually, of who your customers are now that you have have moved out of the the sort of enterprise space? Are you dealing with smaller customers, or do you, as I understand it, you you still do deal with the enterprise customers, right? Like Vodacom is still one of your customers as uh, yeah. as a private. Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so on that, so I mean, I, like I said, I wanted to implement this type of technology while I was there. And wasn't given the opportunity, and I was able to do it on the outside. Right. And now they are now starting to see uh, uh, how brilliant it is and what it can achieve. So uh, it's easy for me now to sell it back to them. So I'm going to give you a perfect example. Uh, one of the bots I created was uh, an insurance bot, and this was uh, with Vodacom, uh, uh, Kimberly specifically. Uh, this is where you buy a phone on a contract or you take out a phone on an upgrade, meaning you're renewing your contract. Right. And what the company has to do is to try and sell you an insurance for your device. It could be like it's uh, in terms of dollars, it could be like a $10 or $5 a month subscription, that sort of, of price range. And these stores are given specific financial targets that they need to achieve, right? Right. The challenge right. with, with, with uh, uh, the, the economy locally is that they don't like receiving calls from telemarketers. Right. Whenever telemarketers right. call, it's, I don't have the time, or uh, please can you call me later, or they just don't even pick up the call. Right. So right. the alternatives that I provided was to look at the existing forms of communication, which is SMS, WhatsApp, and uh, email, and then attach a link to the chatbot as opposed to attaching a link to go to a website. Got it. Right? And uh, the way we structured the conversation of the bot was pretty unique in terms of, we were trying to set it up where it actually created an emotion with the person that's seeing it. Right. So we put up an image of uh, a phone screen being cracked and saying, do you sometimes experience this or are you prone to having this? Right. And from there leading on to why don't you protect yourself against these types of incidents? And would you believe for a small shop which sits out and if you understand again the, the South African uh, geography, Kimberley sits right on the top of South Africa and from a um, uh, user uh, free cash flow perspective, and, and again, I'm going to try and bring it into rand, uh, dollar terms. These guys have free cash flow that's possibly about $100 or less every month. Right? This is Vodacom, right? This is Vodacom. Yeah. This is the, the people that Vodacom are speaking to. Right. 
bot was managed to convince 65 incremental sales for the month of December alone. Now, I mean, I need, to, I need to give you some context so you understand. 65 is a small number, right? However, again, for a guy that has $100 to spare every month, which is for food, which is for uh, his travel costs, for whatever he may need, right. he's spending right. between 5 and $10 to cover cost if he damages his phone. Right. So 65 of them that sit in that specific area. And uh, guess what? That client has now signed to be on with me for the next year. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can, I can see why they do that because like the numbers that you were just mentioning, I mean, in, in economics class, you always learn about the law of diminishing returns. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. People don't have that much money to spare every month. Yeah. So getting them to allocate a piece of that pie to product that you were trying to sell. Mm-hmm. is considerably harder than, say, selling a more expensive product to a customer who has more disposable um, income in any given month. Absolutely. That's, that's super interesting. Uh, I, and the Kimberly chatbot is the one you sent me the link to, right? Earlier. Yes, yeah. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up. Um, I am just going to pop into the DARS builder sure. real quick. Um, I think I had it open, but then I, I accidentally closed it. But yeah, I think we have it right now. Let me share my screen so that the viewers uh, can see it. So this is the Kimberly chatbot, right? Yeah. yeah. And it yeah, basically sir. is a lead gen for this insurance product that you yeah, yeah, yeah. mentioning. Awesome. Okay, so you're guiding them through the entire process. You're telling them about the information and then you are funneling them in to the- uh, Correct. So so just uh, yeah, click on any one of those. Okay, so I just wanna give you some context. So you clicked on something called comprehensive cell phone insurance. Right. Now, what's very interesting here is this entire bot was created based on a six-page booklet that wow. they were going to give wow. consumers. Now, the best part about what the bot did over and above um, bringing in the sale, it enhanced the processes internally. So. It basically took the guys back in terms of what they create in terms of customer information. Right. Because they took a piece of paper and they had volumes and volumes of words on it. And now all of a sudden, you've got an image that speaks to the customer. Right. And you've got them creating this content in the form of a conversation with the customer. Right. This is, I mean, this is a, this, interestingly enough, this is a common use case. If any one of you listening has watched our previous session that we had with Levi, uh, this is a, this is a problem that we have with a lot of our uh, government customers actually, where they have super boring websites and then someone will go in and transform this like super complex, super long verbose page explaining how you can get through a specific government process, like renewing your license um, yeah. and put that what's, what's essentially a booklet, but, on a landing page uh, into a more engaging container, like a chatbot. Um, and they see better engagement in that. But it's interesting that that's ha- also happening in the private sector with these larger companies. Um, no. And just to, just, to, just to get back to the AI conversation we were ha- having earlier, um, I mean, this is the sort of on the rails, on the rails experience we were, we were talking about, right? Where, like, where people select the options that are guided through the process. And I think it's, it, it's, it's interesting to note that, that a lot of people tend to think about that same conversation that we were having uh, about mm-hmm. not having access to good enough AI in terms of resources. I'm a small business, yeah, yeah. so I don't have the resources to invest in the AI necessary. But Vodacom over here is a massive company. Uh, they have exactly. access to billions of dollars and even they um, would not be able to implement 
a um, even even they are choosing to go the route that uh, that we recommend, which is the on on the rail system uh, through your absolutely. So I mean, I think uh, the one thing I can share with you guys. So so when I when I go and I speak to customers, I basically describe the bot in this format. I say to them, you go to a restaurant, and uh, you've got a menu that is two pages, right? right? You then go to a restaurant and you got a menu that's in the form of a book and it's got six, six to 10 pages. Right. Where are you able to make your decision faster? That's, now, that's a good way of putting what's, it, yeah. what's interesting about that is because of the amount of time it takes to capture, it's be so limited. So when you're capturing a, a, a consumer, if you're going to send through a whole lot of information, you're going to lose the guy like probably within the first five seconds of the conversation. Right. Now, right. now, when you guide him down what he is, what he wants, the one thing it does is it creates an understanding with the customer saying that, hey, I am speaking to this person on the other side, and he knows exactly what my pain points are. Right. And because right. of that, I want to now continue with the conversation. Right. Now, right. if I have an open text field and I'm typing you this, this, this three sentence long uh, uh, information, the, the challenge with that is you may not recognize what I need assistance on or just assistance in. And you might give me something back in terms of feedback that may completely be different to what I'm looking for. You're going to create that, that frustration. So right. uh, in terms of that, I think that is where we are sort of, uh, I won't say taking the market, but getting to a point where a lot of guys are understanding that the predictive scripting uh, is 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 appealing more to customers now as opposed to natural language process. Got it. And I'd be curious to know in this in these conversations that you're having, where you sort of you know you know pitch these two alternatives with them um, to sort of sort of shift tracks a little bit to the business yes. side of things. Uh, how are you getting into those meetings? Because I know that a lot of digital marketing agencies who use our platform, uh, sometimes they'll build a bot and we notice that the bot isn't being used and then we ask them what's going on. And they tell us that they, they, they just couldn't either close the deal or they mm -hmm. couldn't land a meeting with that customer they were, um, they were trying to target. Uh, so I guess this is a two-part question maybe. How do, you, how do you get into those meetings? Uh, and when you get into those meetings, is it usually that they have a problem that they want solved or is it you just pitch them chatbots directly as something they should think about? Okay, so, so I would love to answer that question. So, so from my side, I've been extremely active on LinkedIn. So uh, what I've done, I would say since um, early um, February, March, I think it was Feb last year, started playing a very active role on LinkedIn right. and looking for people that I believed are my ideal customers. Okay. So I was able to build a network of just over four and a half thousand contacts on LinkedIn, right? And, and these are various different uh, uh, levels of employment within a company. So it would be a CEO, it would be a managing director, it would be a product owner, it would be a marketing uh, manager or marketing chief marketing officer and, and the like. And what I did was I created a bot for myself. And uh, what the bot basically did was say a few things in terms of what bots can do, but more especially of how it can assist you generate more leads, generate more income, create customer loyalty, create customer engagement, and obviously generate more revenue. Right. So those are the five points that are both the bot on. And what it's done is it's, it's sort of opened the door where it created the interest. And like the guy, I mean, I set it up where uh, the guy could either uh, book a, uh, an appointment in my Google calendar or could leave me his number and then I would call him back. So via the Google Sheet, uh, Zapier integration, pick up this information and obviously manage it according to that. Now, right. that's how I was, I was able to actually get to these customers. And then 
Now, going to these customers and having a discussion, now that was where the challenges come in. So, so, yes, you've got the door open. Now it's time for you to convince these guys to go with the program. Right. So my thing was I looked at who my competitors are in the South African market. Right. And uh, did some investigation in terms of costing, in terms of delivery, uh, in terms of, of what's their actual offering. So where we actually uh, outdo them is one in terms of pricing, which is always, always good when you're looking uh, at the South African market. The second part is the delivery. So I say to the guys that I can have the bot developed, tested by your team and go live within four working days. Got it. So that now, I mean, that just sets me apart from every other company that's out there. Right. So, so locally, you got to understand that when it comes to IT and digital transformation, these are fancy words in the South African market. And people always associate the, that, that word or those two words with cost and time of delivery. And they always say that it's going to be too expensive and it's going to get, take too long to deliver. And even once it's delivered, there's multiple uh, versions of the delivery that we need to get through to actually get to what we are looking for. Got it. Now, now, now with, with the TARS uh, uh, UI, you can go in and you can make a change like within a couple of seconds. And you right. can deploy it within a couple of seconds. Right. So, right. so clients see that as a massive benefit and it improves your customer service. And in turn, the bot improves their customer service. So, so those were the two uh, key factors that helped me get in. And then obviously in terms of the, the, the customer engagement or the user engagement that the bot created. So, so, so your open rates were much higher okay. simply because right. of what the bot was able or how the bot was able to speak. Got it. And, and the companies were able to see them there and that is how I was able to close it. Gotcha. Okay, so you go on to LinkedIn, you find out who your target customers are, you send them a link to, you just send them a like a, a cold cold message uh, with a link to your personal chatbot. And that yes, sort of yes. gives them a sense of what the chatbot looks like. Um, mm-hmm. It's a classic case of showing, not telling. So they see this chatbot, yeah. they like what they see, uh, yeah. and they book a consultation with you. Uh, yeah. And then in that consultation, you uh, you talk about what the... Now, you're going into that consultation. Do you already have that bot demo ready for them? Or do you create the bot demo after you speak with them a little bit about that? No, no. So, so I, I basically create a bot demo for them. So what I do is I go on to the website, uh-huh. uh, have a look at what their website is offering, and I basically convert their website into a conversation based on mine. Got it. So... So I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, I created a bot for a medical company who doesn't have a bot at the moment. Okay. And um, I did a pitch to them in December last year. So I mean, I was sitting in the boardroom and you're looking at the CEO, the chief marketing officer, the chief digital officer, uh, the chief information officer, the chief legal officer. So I mean, they were just a bunch of officers that, that sat in this room and, and there was Desi sitting there all on his own doing this presentation about his understanding of what their brand actually is. Right. But right. what I was able to do was able to capture the essence of the brand in terms of what they were offering. Got it. So again, in terms of their, their, their static web page, if you want to call it that, it had loads and loads and loads of content. All I did was take that content and convert it into a conversation. Got it. So, and, and the way I pitched it to them, I said, I'm not going to do the demo. The demo is going to be done by your, your, your chief executive officer. And I said to him, do it on your phone while it's projecting on the screen. So on the screen, I had broken up into two pieces. One was the actual website, and the other side was the, the, the demo of the CEO using the bot on his phone. Amazing. And I, and I said to you guys, you now look at the experience on the left, on the right hand side versus the experience on the left hand side. So what I did was very, very interesting was the CEO, the emotion on his face. You could actually see 
how his reaction was when you started using the platform. Right. So instead of looking on the screen and focusing from left to right, top to bottom, that sort of scenario, the, the, the face, his face actually lit up simply because he could see his brand, he could see how his brand was conversing with the customer and what were the possibilities. Right. And that's the interesting part, which I think a lot of us forget because when we are speaking to people, we are able to gauge facial features. And then based on the facial features, we uh, uh, transition our conversation based on that. Right. So if I'm speaking to Arnav now and if I'm seeing that he doesn't like what this is saying, this is now obviously going to say, oh no, let me try and say something else and try and make Arnav smile. So right. that's what the bot is actually doing in terms of how you're scripting. Right, right. Which is, which is very, very cool. So I don't remember, I mean, in one of, one of the webinars, I did ask you a question about how does the bot create the emotion? Right. Um, yeah. And you said by using these these emojis, uh, using the GIFs, using images, uh, that sort of scenario. And by using all of that, it does create that emotion that you want to receive from the customer. Right. I mean, just to go back to the uh, bot we were looking at earlier. I mean, these images over here, they are pretty standard images, but this one, for example, the cracked screen on the iPhone yeah. is yeah. something we can all relate to. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It evokes yeah. a, a, a level of like uncomfortableness in me because my phone is, it just got cracked recently that, that <laughs> really resonates with me as a, as a potential customer if I was in this market. Um, and and this, this other part, the other part of that is that the customer is not hounded in terms of time to make a decision. He can open right. up the bot whenever he decides. So again, in terms of the Vodacom in uh, Kimberly example, uh, it was sent out via SMS, it was sent out via WhatsApp and sent out via email. Right. So the customer could go on at any point in time that he chose and have an interaction or have a conversation with the bot. As right. opposed to receiving a call at 10 o'clock in the morning, where he's rushing into a meeting, do you want to buy insurance from Vodacom? Right. Sort of scenario. Yeah. So you're creating that, that convenience for the customer, you're creating an emotion with the customer, and by doing that, you're creating the propensity to actually make a purchase on the product that you're trying to sell. I think that's very, very cool. Super interesting. Um, now, okay, so you've, you've, you've demonstrated this value that you were just talking about to the CEO, the CA, CMO, um, all of the officers of the company. Yeah. You've convinced them to give you a, a demo where they take your bot and they put it out in the wild and they see how it performs with their customers. Um, yeah. Now, this is something we don't talk about a lot that we probably should at TARS, but usually when you create a chatbot, the first pass doesn't really work because the first pass is like, you theoretically think about what the customer might want, what the customer might want to interact with, and then you implement yeah. it. But then when you put it out there, you notice that the customers are interacting with it in a certain way, they're dropping off at certain points in the conversation, uh, and then you refine the bot. So do, do, you, do you find that to generally be the case? Like they've given you this demo, they implement the demo, and then it doesn't work the first time around. Uh, and if that is the case, how do you go about iterating your way out of that uh, situation so that the bot is actually offering value? So here's the thing. I mean, I think we are all guilty of it. And in my previous history, also very, very guilty of it. So for me personally, you cannot create a single customer journey that's going to speak to every customer. Right. Right. It's, it's impossible. So, so the way you got to look at it is you need to invoke some type of emotion. And, and you'll see in terms of all the bots that we create, we're trying to look for an emotion. And now where this comes from is if you look at Coke, Coke advertising. Coke never right. advertises Coke. They right. always advertise how Coke makes you feel. Right. right? And yeah. So 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 the idea basically came in from there. So that's how we create our bots. Yeah. Now, where I'm actually going with this is companies don't necessarily listen to their customers. They always know what they want to give their customers but right. they don't know how their customers are going to react to it. They assume 
then the customers are going to react in a certain way. Right. And what happens is when you build a bot or any system, you build it for that. Now, when you put it in practice, it's completely different. So what we found is that there's been quite a few, like, I mean, the, the one meeting that I had uh, today, which is for a fairly large pharmaceutical company. Uh, I mean, and this is not live, this is the demo only, right? Right. Uh, I think we did possibly eight versions in total, just for the demo. And you're talking about uh, wording, you're talking about bot flow, you're going, you're actually talking about color. I mean, in terms of not using my corporate identity, but using it in black and white, as an example. So that alone tells you that the customer themselves I mean, or the client don't know what their customers would probably react to. Right. So therefore you get these multiple backwards and forward cases where they're creating something that they assume will be taken or will be accepted by the customer. And I can tell you now, I mean, I've already briefed my team to say, when this goes live, please make yourself available because we're going to get a call from UPD saying, listen, they see, please change this, but we need it available for us tomorrow because we're launching a specific product tomorrow. Right. Yeah. So I mean, that, that, that's absolutely going to happen. I mean, I'm fully, fully aware. But the thing is, from a conversation perspective, it's always about learning and always about providing the convenience for the customer. So you're never going to get it right on the first time. You're going to get it better on the second time. You're going to get it even better on the third time, and you're going to get it even better than that on the fourth time. Right. So I think I think we should we all should be wary that we're never ever going to get it 100. percent Right. Definitely, that definitely valuable advice for most bot makers to follow. Um, yeah, we often get people who will implement the bot, and it'll be like it's not working the first time around. Or like yeah, you have to yeah. go back and you have to go back and look at the data. You have to make changes, just like with a with a regular landing page. Um, Thanks. I mean, I'll give you another example. So, so we created a bot for another Vodacom shop out in in Pumalanga, and that's sort of like a uh, game reserve uh, area or a a, a a foresty slash jungle area of the country, right? Right. Now, when I'm saying that, I'm referring it to the type of people that are there and how they would react to any type of technology. Right. right? So the franchisee was obviously very skeptical of using uh, chatbots in his environment. Right. And he said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you 100 of my customers create something that you would get these customers to react to. So I'm not going to phone them. I always phone them. They don't take my calls. I'm struggling. I need your help. Create something that's going to help me speak to them. All right. So I go in, I have a look at these customers. I will look at what age they are in, what they possibly would like in terms of interest. Um, I did some Facebook research, some Google research, and I managed to put together a bot where it was selling his product, meaning that these guys were up for renewals on the Vodacom contract, and right. he was trying to push a specific product. So because it was specific to that 100, I was able to pinpoint certain types of interests yeah. and build a bot along those types of interests. Got it. They sent out the 100, e sent out 100 uh, emails, 100 SMSs, and 100 uh, WhatsApps, all to the same customers, right? So it was a, one set of 100 customers, but three different types of communication methods. Okay. Now, the reason for that is they want to see which method worked well from a communication perspective. Is it SMS? Is it email? Is it WhatsApp? Right. right. Within the first hour, we had 45 responses on the bot, right? Amazing. Within the next two days, they converted 28 of that 45 into new sales. Now, Amazing. what that yeah. tells you, right? For me, that's a 28% conversion rate on a lead set of 100. Right. Now, that is incremental to what they're currently doing. Why? Because when they tried to phone those customers, the customers didn't give them the time of day. 
Right. By using a different form of communication, you got a, you got 28 customers that came on board. Now, we use that same bot in the in month two, and we got only two people. But okay. the the volume we increased to I think it was about a thousand. So guess what? In month two, sorry, in yeah, in month two, the second week, we started changing the bot, and for that period of two weeks up until the end of the month, we changed the bot at least five times. Okay. Because what we were trying to establish was what did they like in the first and then right. how are we now talking to this new base of customers? So what the shop learned and what I learned was that there's no one bot for a set of consumers. Right. So, so I mean, sorry, there's no one bot for all your consumers. There is a bot right. for a specific piece of your, of your consumers. Right. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because I mean, you would never think that. And we basically figured that out because obviously with a 28% hit set, my God, I mean, the guy said, Desi, I'm with you, I'm not leaving you. Right. <laughs> and then in month two, we, 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 we spun that around completely. And then he says, oh, what the hell is going on here? So what happened in month three? So in month three, we, it sort of stabilized. So you're looking, they're averaging now between 20 and 25 additional uh, sales onto the uh, um, count currently. So if you look at that, that shop would do on average, say about 80 okay. in any month. Right. Now this is for the last like 12 odd years. Now his average is about 105. Amazing, okay. That's been since uh, August last year. That's pretty awesome. Now, out of curiosity, are you using a convert? You mentioned conversion rate. Um, yeah. So 28 out of those initial 100. Is that the primary metric that you are using to track the progress of your bots? Um, because I know this is a this is an issue that I've noticed exists, um, especially with digital marketing agencies that use our bot. There's, there's sort of like two two sources of value for the bot. One is that you know, you're in that, you're in that meeting with the CMO, CEO, um, yeah, yeah. where they, they feel the value of the bot by using it. And then there's, there's the actual like implementation of it and, and, and getting, deriving value out of it, uh, and yeah. showing that value. And often you have to quantify it. So is that, is that how you are quantifying that, um, that value that's being offered through conversion rate? Or are there other metrics that you track? Yeah. So, so, so it is one, one part of it. Um, the biggest part of it, so, so, so the business space that I play in are your SMMEs, right? And other, I mean, I've got a few big enterprise companies that sort of pays the bills, but what I get my team is to focus on the larger part of the market, which is that over a million customers that don't have any digital um, uh, space at the moment. So, so what's happening there is these guys hold their cash very, very close to their chest. Right. So if they're going to be implementing a chatbot, what they want to see is a return on investment. So if I'm going to spend uh, $100 a month with you using the TARS platform, what am I going to get back in terms of revenue? Right. So what I make them understand is that you will get to the revenue, but establish your brand with the customer. At the moment, you don't have your brand established. Right. Use a digital format to create your brand presence. So, so go into social media, but create a social media where it's a conversation between you and your customer. Right. So, so they're now starting to buy into that where they're saying that customer feedback is becoming very, very valuable to them. Got it. So, so the return investment doesn't necessarily mean monetary, but in terms of net promoter score. So NPS in terms right. of, of right? Yeah. So so they're now being uh, or they're measuring their business in terms of what their customer believe or, or what their customer understands about their brand, which is good for us. Got it. And that's that this is for the smaller customers, right? The, this is the smaller customers. That's super yeah. interesting because I think it would be the opposite. I, I would I would assume that the bigger enterprise players because they have these entire marketing teams um, who 
highly trained in their profession that they would be super focused on the quantitative measurement of the value that they're getting. Um, yeah, yeah. And that small and medium sized businesses, because they have a lot on their plate and they can't really focus on they're they're wearing multiple hats uh, in the course of running their business that they'd focus yeah. more on the, like the, I mean, if you want to call it the emotional aspect of using it, or the emotional value of using a chatbot, where you feel you feel the 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 value by using it, but from what you're saying, it actually seems to be the opposite. Where um, it's easier to convince an enterprise customer to get on board with the chatbot just by showing it to them and having them use it uh, and having them feel that value versus a SMB who clings on clings to their money and wants to see that ROI measured for them, or whether it's as a conversion rate or as an increase in their net promoter score. Well, so, I mean, so interesting enough, I mean, so you must understand that, like I said, there's over a million guys or a million companies that are not playing in the social media space. Right. So these, these are well-established companies. They're not up-and-coming tech startups. These are companies that are in existence probably 20, 30 years, 15 years around there. Right. Now, they know that they got to go and play in the social media space. Right. They know that they have to spend money. They don't know how much money they have to spend. They don't know what about digital that they need to go into. Right. So, so what it does is it gives you that opportunity to, to create a lasting relationship. So, so understand it's not, a, not about going there and taking the guy's money. It's, right. it's, it's never ever about that. It's always about creating this lasting relationship because Right. If I'm going to have the guy on my books for a 12-month period or more, I've got something what they call is ongoing revenue. And right. that is what I want to try and build. So right. instead of me getting a once-off activation where he doesn't like what happens after month one, I'm trying to build that relationship where he's starting to fall in love come month two. Right. And in my month three, he's married to us for I don't know how long. So, so that's how I am now trying to have my conversation. So it's focusing on the smaller guys, convincing them that this is where they should be playing. Because once you get to the point where you convince them, trust me when I say to you, their wallets do open. Right. Yeah. So it's hard to get into the, it's hard to get into the business, but once you're in, you're in. That's it. Yeah. Got it. Well, this and, is, and, sorry, continue. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying in terms of that, the, the use case of the bot doesn't only sit from a customer perspective, it then gets pushed into staff. So, so, so they use the bot to speak to customers and then they also use the bot to speak to staff. Oh, that's fascinating. What sorts of use cases? I mean, I presume they're not selling things to the staff. Is it like internal no, 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 training? No, they're not. They're not. It's, it's internal. So, so what they're doing is they're creating like incentives. Okay. So, so they're trying to get the staff to push sales. So instead of, having an incentive where they send out flyers or they send out pamphlets uh, or they send out an email, they're using the bot to do the communication. Right. So the bot, the bot records um, what the sales are. I mean, the, 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 the staff actually input the, the sales. We then try and get them to do funny images, which we get them to hashtag on a social media platform. So it's a, it's a, it's a conversation that creates that, that, that very vibey, uh, really, I um, mean, a lot of just excitement in the workplace, and right. uh, I mean, that's worked very well. So, right. so Dell is the the client specifically, and well, huge. I've, I've now hooked them for a third term. So, that's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. congratulations. That's Thank super you. interesting. So basically, uh, the chatbot serves as sort of an engagement tool. And depending yes. on how you apply that engagement or who you apply that engagement to and in what way you can get different results. So if you apply that engagement to a marketing use case, you can yeah. drive higher NPS, higher conversion rate. But then if you direct that engagement towards internal internal employment engagement, you can get, get people to share their 100%. feedback, train, uh, do all sorts of things within the company. Correct. I mean, an, an interesting bot, uh, very, very quickly. So I spoke to a guy that plays in the education industry in South Africa. Uh -huh. And they are actually looking at putting uh, content onto the bot where they now want to push to schools. So 
Uh, I mean, if you look at that, I mean, they, they saw what the, what, what the TARS platform can do. Yeah. And he said to me, yes, listen, how do you think this would work in a schooling environment? So I said, I can create a bot that will replace the teacher standing in front of the class. Right. And uh, I mean, they love that concept. So, so now they said, okay, fine, Desi, let's see what you can do. Uh, we're getting some content and we're trying to make that content a little bit exciting. Yeah. And uh, fingers crossed, we can land that as well. That would be awesome if you, if you can implement that. Um, yeah. Well, it's been, it's been great talking to you, Desi. Uh, I'm going to let you go now because I know it's probably getting a little late for you. Um, uh, yeah, we're shooting this at um, in the morning in Pacific Standard Time. So for yeah. for Desi, it's probably super late. No, no. I mean, I'm I'm absolutely happy to be here. I mean, I, I, to be honest, I mean, I've I've I think I spoke to Ish uh, a few weeks back, and in terms of the reaction that we're getting from the local market, right. uh, specifically on TARS, I, I said to my team, listen. I need TARS to be the DNA for our business. That's awesome. It's so, <laughs> great so, to hear. Uh, yeah. I promise you, it is absolutely fantastic. Um, every time I spoke to the team, uh, there was never, never, ever no answer. It was always, let me see how we can do it, how we can make it work for you. Uh, and in terms of the requirements that we put, put you guys, we were always able to achieve what we wanted to achieve. Awesome. So glad I, mean, I, uh, I mean, your your team was. I mean, it's, I, your team's unbelievable. They're always there. They always help. So, I mean, I think I have a very good relationship with you guys, and uh, I'm hoping that it's a long, long, long lasting partnership. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we we feel we feel similarly. It's definitely definitely had conversations about the bots that you're creating, uh, and yeah, yeah. the value that you're generating. Uh, but it was great talking to you. Um, we should keep this conversation going on past the uh, interview itself. Uh, but I hope that was uh, useful for anyone who is actually listening to uh, this interview. Uh, we hope we try to host these every week, um, but <laughs> over the last couple of months, that's been a little spotty, but we will um, try to push these out more. Uh, anyways, thank you for speaking to us, Desi. Uh, I think we'll end it over there. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, I mean, if there's anything that you guys ever need from my side, I'm always available. You've got my details. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, man.